you have your Bibles this morning, I want to open to Acts chapter 10. We're going to look there today. Imagine with me. It's a beautiful summer afternoon. You've just gone outside and you've lit your grill and you threw some big juicy steaks on the fire. All right, they look delicious even before they're cooked. You flip them after a few minutes. You, you're just about ready to take them off the grill. They have that nice char on them. And you reach over when all of a sudden a little bit of fat from the steak falls into the hot coals and flames spit up and they catch your finger on fire. Now sitting right next to this grill is this glass of tall ice cold water that you've been drinking throughout this hot day. So what do you do? Finger on fire, glass of cold water, it's very logical, right? You immerse your finger into the water. Because normally, water extinguishes fire. But you know, in the church's case, water actually enhances fire. At least the, the baptismal waters enhance fire. Well, let me explain. Uh, we've been in this series of messages throughout the book of Acts, and we've been looking at the early church, and we've been looking at where it all began, and what it's like to be set on fire by the Holy Spirit of God. When a person decides to become a follower of Jesus Christ, God sends the power of his Holy Spirit into their life, enabling them to live the Christian life. And one of the major symbols of the Holy Spirit throughout the, throughout the scripture is fire. As we study through the book of Acts, every time you see someone was set on fire by the Holy Spirit, you know what they did? They usually jumped in water, specifically jumped in the waters of baptism. And this morning, we're going to deal with a topic that, honestly, around the world is kind of an emotionally charged issue for pastors. Because of all the things throughout the centuries that have caused division and, and arguments in the church... These are at the top of the list. Questions like, who should be baptized? Or what qualifies someone to be baptized? How should they be baptized? Does baptism even matter? Is it a big deal whether you're sprinkled or, or poured or dipped or dunked? Or, or what if someone just spits in your face in the name of Jesus? Is baptism necessary? Is it just somehow a, a kickstarter to help move your life along for Christ? And I got to tell you, as a pastor, these debates get very frustrating because, because baptism is meant to be a bridge, not a barrier. It's meant to be a stepping stone to help us as we walk deeper in our relationship with God, not a stumbling block. In fact, when, when we properly understand baptism... Uh, we see it's something not only we, we need to do, but, but something we, we get to do. Something we want to do. And I'm just going to be upfront with you here in the beginning. Usually at the end of my sermon, I tell you what I, what I want you to get from this. But, but let me just tell you right up front. For, for those of you that have not been baptized, the, the point of this message is clear. It's to understand the importance and to be baptized. And for those of you that have been baptized, the, the point is to hear, not only understand why our baptism is important, but also how it leads to us sharing the mission of Christ with others. 
Because, you know, there are two religious practices, two rituals throughout the New Testament that share these three characteristics. The characteristics of Jesus commands us to do them, Jesus did them, and they were practiced by the New Testament church. Two rituals. One is communion, and the other is baptism. And as we study through the book of Acts, we notice that you get hot sometimes, and you get wet sometimes, because not only do you keep running into the fire of the Holy Spirit, but we see people running into the waters of baptism. In fact, no book of the Bible talks more about baptism than the book of Acts, which should really clue us in as to how important this is. And so this morning, I want us to look at the story of the very first Gentile who became a believer in Jesus Christ. His name is Cornelius. He lived in a place called Caesarea, a beautiful area by the Mediterranean Sea. And Peter was commanded in a dream to go to his house to share with him the message of the gospel. And it's really just a fascinating story in Acts chapter 10 because Cornelius was a man that feared God, but he didn't know God. He was a a religious man, but not a spiritual man. He was devoted, but not saved. And so Peter goes to his house, and he shares the gospel with him and his entire household, and they trust in Christ. Well, let's pick up the story in Acts chapter 10, verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on even the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. See, in the scripture, we see two things. We see fire and we see water. Cornelius and his household had been set on fire by the Holy Spirit and immediately they enter into the waters of baptism. And you know, that's the picture of baptism in the New Testament. Baptism is a very biblical way that we as Christ followers confess our faith in the risen Lord. And so again, as as I begin this morning, I want you to understand something. Because I know many of us come from very different backgrounds and traditions. And so if you come from a tradition or a background and your understanding is different than what I'm talking about today, know that in no way am I trying to throw down your heritage, demean your, your religious background. What I'm trying to do today is, though, just share what, what we understand the Bible teaches us about baptism and why it's important. And to do that, I think we need to answer a few questions. And the first one is, what does the word baptism or baptize mean? It's a very technical question that helps get us to a very spiritual answer. The, the Greek word here is baptizo. And baptizo was a very common word that was used 2,000 years ago, but with one major difference. It wasn't a religious word. It was a secular word. It means to to dip, to wash, to soak, or to immerse. And they used this word to describe things like ships that were sinking in the sea. It was used to describe when you dipped light-colored garments into dyes to change their color. 
One Jewish historian actually described a man murdered by baptism. It doesn't mean he was sprinkled to death, right? He was put under the water and drowned. And for a long time, that, that word, baptizo, had no religious significance whatsoever. I mean, women baptized dishes, ships baptized in the sea, kids playing in the river would dunk or baptize one another. And then one day, this man explodes onto the scene. His name is John. And John begins to preach this message of repentance and, and faith. And he begins to do something that no one else has ever done in history, something no one else has ever seen before. And he begins to baptize in the waters. And Mark 1, 4, it says, John appeared baptizing in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And even the Jewish people that, that had tried to keep the law, you know, and cross all their religious T's and dot all their religious I's and, and do everything that they, they thought was right, even they realized that John was preaching something they had never heard before. And he was telling them that, that if you want to be right with God, and if you're tired of religion and you want this relationship with God, you need to repent, you need to receive his forgiveness, and you need to be baptized. Because baptism is an outward sign of our inward repentance. And John became so famous for uh, this way of having people publicly confess their repentance that they began calling him John the Baptist, or literally John the Baptizer, a term never before used in literature. In other words, they made up a word, which is important. Because the reason that they had to make up a new word was because the way John was doing it was a brand new method. He was baptizing in the river. You know why he was baptizing in the river? John 3, verse 22, gives us a clue. It says, after this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside, where he spent some time with them and baptized. Now John was also baptizing at Eon near Salim, because there was plenty of water, and people were constantly coming to be baptized. John had plenty of water. Why would he need plenty of water? It's because you're immersed. Because you need plenty of water to go down into the water. So you can immerse people under the water. And you know, every time you read about someone that went down into the water, they also came up out of the water, right? I mean, one of the greatest days of my life as a child was not the day that my dad put me under the water. <laughs> it was when my dad brought me up out of the water. I mean, paint that picture in your mind. If you go down into the water and you come out of the water, the only logical conclusion is you've been immersed. That's the New Testament method for baptism. And I know people like to, to pick fights and argue about the, the methods and how method doesn't really matter. And what matters is that you just get baptized. And what matters is you just know that what you're doing and, and, and Christ knows what you're doing. But, but you know, to us, the method is important. And the reason the method is so important is because of the meaning behind it. I mean, think about what baptism pictures. Think about what it represents. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 6, verse 3. He says, Or don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus 
were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have new life. You know, just like the Lord's Supper, like communion represents the body and the blood of Christ, baptism represents the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. For emphasis, Paul repeats this in Colossians 2, verse 12. He says, Having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God, who raised him from the dead. See, here's why the method is so important. Because if you change the method, you change the meaning. I mean, think about it. We don't take the Lord's Supper with beef jerky and Diet Coke, do we? No, we take it with the bread and the cup representing his body and shed blood. And likewise, we baptize by immersion because it reminds us of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Second question, who qualifies for baptism? Because regardless of how you believe it should be administered, there's always the question of who is eligible. And in the New Testament, we find one form of baptism, and it's described as the believer's baptism. Because two things always go together in Scripture, belief and baptism. Throughout the New Testament, you never find one without the other. They always go together, and they always go in that order. Belief and then baptism. Acts 2, verse 41, it says, it was after they became followers of Christ, and those who believed and received his word were baptized. Acts 8, verse 12 says, when they believed Philip as he preached the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Acts 18, Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed in the Lord together with his household and many other Corinthians, hearing Paul, believed and were baptized. See, remember, I I said earlier, baptism is the biblical way that we as Christ followers confess our faith in the risen Lord. The, The Bible reserves baptism for believers, baptized by immersion. Which leads to the third question. Why? Why should every Christ follower be baptized? See, not only do I believe that baptism is important, I believe it's, it's necessary to be right with God. See, baptism is this picture. It, it's, it's a picture. It's not just the experience of being saved. It's the expression of being saved. It's like this wedding ring. And th- this wedding ring is a picture of the fact that I am a married man. Right? If I were to take the wedding ring off and put it in my pocket, I would still be married. I wouldn't be less married. In fact, if I never wore this ring again, it wouldn't change the fact. I'm still a married man. So why should you be baptized? Three reasons. First, Jesus commands it. All right, the marching orders of the church and of us as individuals and believers in Christ. What is the Great Commission? Matthew 28, verse 19, it says, Go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're commanded to do it. And I believe that if a church doesn't baptize believers, it's disobeying God. If a believer refuses to be baptized, they're disobeying God. 
And when we disobey God, we, we're not living in obedience to him. Reason number two, Jesus set the example to follow. You may not know this if you've never been to Israel. I was studying this. And Jesus, to be baptized in the Jordan River by John, had to walk 60 miles one way. I know parents, you're thinking, well, my parents used to walk 60 miles uphill one way in the snow to school, right? No. Jesus had to walk 60 miles one way. Why? Why would he do that? Why would he make a three-day trip, take an entire week out of his life, just to go and be baptized? I mean, he wasn't a sinner, right? I mean, talking about being right with God, he was God. So why did he do it? He did it for us. He did it to set an example for us to follow. And I'd say that if baptism was that important to Jesus, shouldn't it be that important to us? The third reason. Baptism is the way you publicly confess your personal faith in Christ. Again, I wear this wedding ring every day of my life. Because I want everybody to know that I am married to the most beautiful, wonderful, special woman on the planet. Don't tell Amy. (laughs) Baptism is the way that we let everyone know we are followers of Jesus Christ. And we have a relationship with the most wonderful, amazing God. So let me just close this morning and ask you the simple question. Have you been baptized? And if your answer is yes, you know what the next step is, don't you? Go forth and make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Your next step is to go out and to find your neighbors and your family and your friends and your coworkers and those that need to hear about the message of the gospel of the saving grace of Jesus. But if you've not been baptized, then my question is, are you ready to take that next step? Are you ready to take that next step and follow Christ? If that's what you desire to do, I I invite you to come. Our invitation hymn this morning is 653. Please stand with me as we sing.